Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, we are on uh, the series called FAQ Frequently Asked Questions, and we are uh, basically taking the questions that you've had and understanding what the culture that we live in and trying to run it through the filter of the Word of God. And, uh, but today is also Baptism Sunday. It is my favorite day, Baptism Sundays, because we get to see what people are doing. They're willing to go in the waters of baptism to say, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I want to publicly declare that I'm, I've given my life to Christ. And so if you signed up, great. If you have not signed up already, we have towels, shorts, and shirts for you that um, I'm going to release you guys in a little bit to get changed. But if you're stirring in your heart and saying, you know what? I've already given my life to Jesus, and, uh, and I want to go into the waters of baptism today. Today is your day. I already see George is already up here. George is getting baptized today. I know Mike, uh, there's a few of you guys who are getting baptized. It's going to be an exciting day. Um, it is a believer's baptism. In other words, it's, it's an outward sign of what God's already done in your life. And I'm going to give you a chance to give your life to Christ today. And I'm hoping you're going to give your life to Christ, and then you're going to jump right in those waters as well today. Well, let's get on with it. We're going to be talking about marriage today, uh, how marriage matters. And in a world where divorce is all too common, and unfortunately, divorce is also all too common in the church, it makes me wonder, have we looked at marriage the wrong way? We're going to start unpacking that today. And before you check out and say, hey, talking about marriage, like either I want to be married or I've already experienced a divorce or I want to let you know there's something in this message for every single one of you. Because if you're not a married person, you can be a spiritual mom or dad. And uh, if you're a young person and you desire to get married, probably God is going to give you uh, that opportunity. But some have been called to remain single as well. And I'm very mindful that that is a high calling. And so I want to appreciate that as well. Well, let's pray and then we're going to get going. Um, Lord, we just thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for what you've already done in our hearts by worshiping you and, and you just your presence is here. So thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, talking about marriage, I've got a little bit of a, a joke here for you this morning. So a man asked his wife what she would like for her birthday. She says, I'd love to be six again, she replied. So one morning, the morning of her birthday, the husband got up bright and early and off they went to the local theme park. What a day. He put her on every ride in the park, the death slide, the screaming loop, the wall of fear. Everything was there. Wow. Five hours later, she staggered out of the theme park, her head reeling, her stomach upside down, and then right to McDonald's they went, <laughs> where her husband ordered her a Big Mac along with extra fries and a refreshing chocolate shake. Hmm. Then it was off to the movies, the latest Star Wars epic movie, and hot dogs and popcorn and cola and Pepsi and Coke and, of course, M&M's. What a fabulous adventure. Finally, she wobbled home with her husband and collapsed into bed. He leaned over her and lovingly asked, Well, dear, what was it like to be six again? With one eye opened, the wife said, You didn't get it, did you? I meant my dress size. LAUGHTER 
So, so the moral of the story is, if a woman speaks and a man is actually listening, he will still get it wrong. All right. So true. So true. Oh, boy. Well, on that happy note, let me give you some unhappy statistics on that happy note. So the divorce rates, this is the good note. The divorce rates are actually going down in America, which is, which is very positive. That is a good thing. But unfortunately, they are still at 41% of all married couples will end in divorce. Their second marriage will be a 60% chance will end in divorce, and their third marriage will be a 73% chance it ends in divorce. The statistics are not good. The ones who are most likely to get divorced are in between the ages of 20 and 24. And then the next highest group of people are, well, actually, the lowest group of people are those who are 35 to 39. If you're in your 30s, you're still married, you're probably, chances are, you're sticking it out for life. That's a good thing, honey. In it for life. She knows that. We told ourselves whenever we got married, we would never use the D word. And we call it a D word. It's a bad word because it brings so much hurt and pain. And I'm mindful today that in a crowd this size, and if the statistics are right, there's a great number of you who have experienced the pain of divorce, and my heart goes out to you. I know it's very difficult. The reason why God says that he hates divorce is because of the pain that it causes. It tears you apart. But God has a way to think about marriage that I want to explore together because I want to give you hope. I want to give you hope for that we're going to change this statistic. If you have your Bibles, let's turn with there. How many have your Bibles? Raise them up here today. Look at you. Looking good. I love the iPad back there too. Genesis. It's an easy one to find in your Bibles. Genesis chapter 1. We have to start at the beginning. If we're going to look at marriage, we have to understand how God designed marriage. And remember I was talking about um, Genesis chapter 1, keep getting there, how we were talking about, going to be talking about topics of same-sex marriage, um, boundaries in marriage, topics like um, sex outside of marriage. But before we go to that topic, which will be next week, we have to understand first and foremost God's design of marriage to have context to what it is that it is we're going to be talking about. We also said that we run and need to run it through four filters, and the filters that we said are salt, light, leaven, and seed. Let's do that together. Salt, light, leaven, and seed. And we'll be running that through the filter in a little bit on marriage. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. You know my eyes are getting uh, bad when all of a sudden I'm starting to do one of these things. I am 46, six now, okay. And so I have to look over at Audrey here. So Genesis 1, chapter, uh, verse 26 says, Then God said, let us, okay, everybody say us, make man in our image, everybody say our, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping 
or everything that creeps on the earth. So God made man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So at the very beginning, God created male and female. But the important thing of that is he created them in his image. And he says, our image. So that's plural. And when we do understand, um, as followers of Jesus, we begin to understand the Godhead or the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we say they're one God, but three persons, I'm confused. I'm going to help unpack that confusion for you. So I'm going to ask Audra and Elliot, if you come up here, my wife and my son. So come on up here, give them a hand. Audra and Elliot. He's my youngest, 10 years old. So um, I'm a father, and here is my son. And yes, this is my wife. So, so Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we are, we're Warrens. Are you a Warren? And you're a Warren. I'm a Warren. And so uh, does, are you any less of a Warren than I am? No, you're a full-fledged Warren. But yet you're a unique person and you carry a different function in the house. Like, so what God would do, so Father God, and we have God the Father, God Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. They are all God, but are three persons carrying different functions. So Jesus as the Son says, I only do what I see the Father in heaven doing. Just like my son here would say, Dad, I'm only going to do what you want me to do. Right? <laughs> I was, I was hoping if I did this publicly, it would actually stick and it would work. So, like a good son, right, we're to be the example. He's, he, he created us in his image. Now, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that's why I don't pray anymore, because our wives are like the Holy Spirit. So, we just have to say, it's a joke, guys. I'm kidding. I actually pray. My word, you guys are so serious. Right, but you know our, our wives, right? They're so sensitive to God. It's just like we, we just say, if we want to know anything what God's thinking, just ask your wife. You know, it's, they're, they're sensitive to that thing. So, so Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're God, but three separate individual persons that carry out different functions. So we are the Warrens. We're full-fledged Warrens, but we carry different functions. So give them a hand. Hopefully that was a helpful illustration. The Trinity. Now... Here's the important part of marriage. He said he created them in his image, right? So our job as married folk, and if you're not married and you're thinking about being married, this is going to be important for you. You have to understand that the purpose of marriage, why marriage matters, is marriage is to be a reflection of God and his nature, his character. Now, I know that's going to mess you up a little bit because, because when you really begin to think about if that is the purpose of marriage, it takes away all of the selfishness that marriage can have in it. Like meeting my needs. You know, it's to meet my needs. It's to complete me. Now, make sure you never look at your spouse to completely complete you. That, that will not be healthy. But if marriage is to be a reflection of God and his character, then all of a sudden we have to say, what are the characteristics of God and how is that displayed in my marriage? That's why I love the book of Hosea. 
If you've ever read that book, it's an Old Testament book. Hosea was an Old Testament prophet. And it was, it was a book that was written to talk about the analogy of, of how God cared for his people. His, his ever-ending promises for his people. Hosea was a guy and his wife, Gomer, who ended up going and sleeping around, became a prostitute. And Hosea said, I will always be faithful to you, even though you're unfaithful to me. Wow. And it's true. That's what God does for us. We are unfaithful to him to so many times, but yet he's so faithful to us. He keeps his promises always. And if our marriages are to be a reflection of the character of God, do, do we look at our relationship in a way that I am going to be so faithful regardless of if my spouse is faithful. I'm going to be so forgiving regardless of if my spouse deserves forgiveness. I'm going to be so patient because God is so patient with me. And so when we start understanding that that the best way to evangelize our world is to have a marriage that reflects the image of God. Seriously. You want to win people for Christ? Start having a marriage that reflects the characteristics of God. All right, moving right along here. Can can I tell you something? That, That sometimes we look at the other person and say, are they the one? Like if you're, if you're, remember your dating times. Or if you're single, all the singles in the house, raise your hand. All right. All right. There's a man over there who's looking to have a date later on. And actually, I recognize the voice. Is that you, Jason? Jason, you're married. You're a married man. I know you. All right. Um, after service, um, we'll have the dating lounge over to the next <laughs> side over here. For, um, but those of you who are single, you need to begin to start saying, how is my life a reflection of God? As opposed to saying, are they the one? Why don't we start asking the question, am I the one? Am I being the one that God needs me to be? Now, let's take a step further. That's a, that's a single way. Let's, let's talk about it in a married. When you start getting frustrated with your spouse and you start saying, I'm on the brink of thinking about divorce, you often start pinpointing all the things that are wrong with that person. You start keeping the list. They're this, they're this, they've done this, they've done this. And we start saying, they're no longer the one. And maybe we should be saying, am I being the one? Am I being the one that reflects the image of God? Keeping my promises. Quick to forgive. Slow to anger. Patient, kind. Gentle. I I knew I was going to share this uh, this week, and I, I started asking myself that question. And I want to tell you, you can leave here today and just say, hey, that was a great message, or you can actually take it to heart and apply it to your life. 
I'll tell you what, there was something that switched inside of me this week. When I started approaching my view of my wife, my kids in the way of saying, am I being the one that best reflects the nature of God? It starts to play with you a little bit in a good way. And all of a sudden you start saying, wow, maybe our, this is right, God. Maybe our marriages are to reflect. The best way a world can see, God, who you are is the way that our family is. All right, so let's run it through a few filters here. So, um, by the way, there's no perfect spouse, but only God's perfect grace. I understand that we're trying to become to show the nature of God, but we'll never achieve that completely. We're not God. We're human. And so we need to offer each other grace. There's no perfect spouse, but only a perfect God who offers grace. Salt. Remember we said that salt makes things taste better, right? That, that the, the use of salt on food just brings the best out. So my question is, what can you do this week? Now, for you who are note takers, this would be a good time for you to start jotting some notes. Because I want you to actually apply this. Now, if you're not married, that's fine. I still believe that you can apply this because you can be spiritual parents. And by the way, you can apply these things into your everyday life, in your workplace. If you don't say, hey, I don't have a family, I don't have a home, or what have you. But you can speak words of life into people's lives, wherever you are. But as it relates to marriage, are you going to speak life over your spouse and your kids this week? What's that look like for you? Maybe it's going to be you're going to write a little note card and put it on the mirror where your kid gets ready for school or what have you. Maybe you're going to, for your spouse, maybe you're going to, if, they pack, if you pack their lunch, do, who, does anybody do that anymore? Who packs their lunch for their spouse? Nice. Good for you. Did you you see that, Audra? I'm just like curious. She does pack my lunch. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She does pack my lunch. The question is, do I pack? Wow. Hey, I thought this was supposed to be one-way communication here. I didn't ask for that back. Oh, man, the tomatoes are already starting to come out. But, but let me just pause there for a moment and say, you're absolutely right. What did Jesus do? He laid down his life. By the way, husbands and wives, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you a verse. I wasn't going to go here, but now that we opened up the can of worms, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going there. I have time. I have time. Ephesians chapter 5. Bringing out the big sticks now. Wives, submit to your husbands. Well, I'm just saying it's in here. I'm just saying it's in here. Okay. Before before you women hate... I mean, your your men haters get out there. You women. Before... 
this is about Jesus, guys. I mean, you're all making it personal. It's about Jesus. All right, here's the deal. Guys, you are not off the hook, even though it says, wives, submit to your husbands. Just saying. Guys, you're not off the hook. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And what did he do for the church? He gave his very life. He laid down his life. So yes, Cassandra, do I need to be making the lunch for my wife? At some point in time, that might be in the cards. If you're on GCC Pembroke Facebook page or Laconia Facebook page, I will share that with you the morning I do that for Audra. Go there and check it out. Oh, man, the peer pressure is unbelievable. All right, anyways, guys, you can read this Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through uh, 33 on your own pleasure. But really, it's another example of actually why marriages are to be a reflection of the Trinity. They're to be a reflection of the nature of God. And you can see this right here. And this, this whole idea of submitting is actually, Jesus, when, he, when the Holy Spirit comes and he says, I'm the comforter, and, and the Holy Spirit is listening to what the Father is saying and doing, and Jesus is listening to what the Father is saying and doing, and they just willfully submit. It's not an authoritative, you submit to me. It's, it's a responding to. It's a responding to a loving father. It's responding to a loving husband in a way that is easy to follow. That's all that is, before you misunderstood what that was all about. All right, we got salt. Let's go to light. Light shows the world who God is, right? It, we, we, we shared that verse about hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. We sang that song together last week, if you were in Pembroke. And then the question is, does your marriage reflect grace and kindness and forgiveness? Right? If our lives are to be a reflection of the nature of God, that's why he says, let your light shine so everybody can see What does the world see in your marriage? Does your your home emanate that? Does your relationship out in public emanate that? Do you you fight? Do you quarrel? I understand, we fight. But really, is there forgiveness? Is there kindness? All right, leaven. The atmosphere, we said yeast or leaven can work through a whole lump of flour so rapidly and it changes the atmosphere. And so we're saying, hey, leaven, is your home an environment filled with peace? And if it's not, what are you going to do this week to have your home begin to feel the environment of peace, to fill it with the presence of God? What do you need to do to allow your home to be filled with peace? Lastly, seed. We said the seed was the the mustard seed. It was the smallest of seeds, but it grows into this massive plant, so much so that birds of the air will come and find shelter by building their nests 
in the branches of a mustard plant. We're saying it's a refuge. It's a refuge. So is your marriage a safe place? Is your home a place of refuge? I, I love that my, my kids' friends love to come to our house. They say it's for the food, but I know it's something more than that. They feel something in the atmosphere when they come into our home. We don't have a perfect home by any means. There are times that our home does not, you know, look like the Trinity. (laughs) But I would say we strive for that because we want our home to be a refuge where people can come and find rest and respite and be a safe place. Is your marriage a safe place? Do do you have a spouse that is concerned that you're going to blow up at them in any moment? Do you have a Do you have an environment where it feels safe? It starts by understanding what's the purpose of marriage. It's to reflect the goodness of God. It's to reflect the things of his kingdom. Well, if the worship team wants to come, we're going to, as I wrap this up for, for today, I'm going to release those who are feeling like they want to be baptized today to go and get changed at this moment. Um, yeah, we don't need to, we won't get in the tank quite yet, um, but we'll get those guys that time to, to change. Thank you, Pastor Greg, and Otter's going to be in the tank as well. Um, Marriage is hard. That's why we have a marriage conference coming up. We need to have better equipping and tools to, to allow us to be successful in our marriage. Marriage is work. Audra and I have to work on our marriage. Because if we don't, the tendency is we'll just isolate. The tendency is we will drift apart. The tendency is we'll fall out of love. We'll be committed, but we'll fall out of love. But, but we have to be intentional. And maybe the intentionality starts by saying, maybe I need to look if I'm the one instead of looking at my spouse, are they the one? And does my marriage reflect who God is? Well, as we think about baptism, by the way, in your life group this week, you're going to be talking about those questions that I put on the screen about salt, light, leaven, and yeast, and really unpacking that in your groups, really trying to challenge each other. One of the questions is, is, um, is, is there a thing, something in your marriage that you have never forgiven? in that we're going to have your group help you walk through those places of forgiveness. So I would encourage you, if you're not in a life group, we have life group cards out in the back there that we can help you get connected to a a small group. It's important to do life together. So baptism is an outward sign of an inward work of what Jesus has already done. I had said earlier that we're going to give you a chance to... uh, to give your life to Jesus this morning because you realize that's why we're here, right? We're, we're here because of Jesus. We're here to worship him. We're here to, to hear what he says in his word and apply it to our life. And we're just here to enjoy each other's company, 
fellowship together and be together. But we realize that our, our journey begins really by giving our life to Jesus because we're left so empty. We're left um, so lost without him. So I wonder if there was somebody here today that would say, you know what, I want to follow Jesus. I don't always do this, but this morning I feel compelled to. If that is you, um, would you just come here and just stand right here in front? If you say, I've never given my life to Jesus or I've walked away from Jesus, and, uh, but I want to give my life to him, would you just be bold enough to come and just stand right here? And you'll know I don't need to course you to do that because you'll start feeling your heart already beating fast. It's like, oh man, I will not embarrass you, please, that you're doing this for Jesus. You're not doing this for me. You're not doing this for anybody else, but you're doing this for him, that you're going to give your life to him this morning. So if that is you, would you just make your way here? At any point in time here in the next few minutes, just make your way up front and stand and I'll know that's you. You want to give your life to Christ. But then I also want to invite you that if you've never been baptized, it is actually an act of obedience. The Word of God tells us it doesn't save you, but it is an act of obedience to Him to be baptized. So if you haven't been baptized, uh, we have towels and shorts and what have you that are here. If you've been changed, by the way, and, and you're here to be baptized, we have a few chairs up front here for you as well. You can just make your way. Let's pray. And if your heart is still beating, you're saying, if this is me, I really want to encourage you. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. That you respond to uh, to that. Um, so, Otter and Greg, you guys can pop in. Do you have a few? Yeah, I do. I've... This tank represents a fresh start. We have a God that was nailed to a cross and paid the price for our sin. He took the cross so that we could take the tank. When I think about marriage in this, this daily process of it's a daily process of putting off the old self. I believe even right now that there's a married couple that hasn't been baptized in this room that needs to be baptized together as a fresh start in their relationship. And I believe that, that this couple is saying that, that, that I, I, when I got here this morning, I, I had a sense that there's a couple that's on the cliff, that they are struggling and they don't believe they can anymore. But with God, all things are possible. That our God is a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God of empowerment. That he wants to take your marriage and he wants to restore it and make it into something that's beautiful, that can reflect him to this world. This water represents a fresh start. This water represents the grace of God. This water represents new life in Christ. Going down, allowing the old self to die, coming up and walking in newness of life. His mercy is anew every morning. He's faithful. He's loving. He's pursuing. He wants you to be the best version of you and that best version of you looks like him.
if you need to be baptized this morning, mm-hmm. if you've never, let's do it. Amen. Let's get in the water. pray so father i just pray right now that that we would respond to you that would respond to only you that we don't respond out of uh, feeling we must but we respond to your voice who's calling us god we just thank you for um, what you're already doing we celebrate those who are responding to be to come to these waters of baptism and yes father if there's anybody now that that just needs to come forward and say, I want to give my life to Jesus, that they would just move at any point in time while baptisms are going on and just come to the front. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 